Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the paddock. My name is Hannah, and in the episode, we have Drea, Ido, Casey, Amy, and Rachel. We are going to talk all things Zamola from history to driver standings and dream predictions. And I'm going to pass it on over to the lovely Drea. The history of Imola, its official name is Autodroma Internationale Enzo e Dino Ferrari. The circuit hosted its first F1 race in 1980. The race was held in memory of the late Italian racing driver Dino Ferrari, who is Enzo's son, and Enzo was Ferrari's team founder. The next season, which is 1981 to 2006, the race was officially named San Marino Grand Prix because even though it is in Imola, which is Italy, they didn't want to confuse it with the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, so it's named after the micro city San Marino. Lots of things have happened here over the years, a very important season being the tragedies of 1994. On April 30th, 1994, during the San Marino Grand Prix of that season, two fatal accidents occurred. On Saturday, Roland Ratzenberger crashed during qualifying and lost his life in the accident. Then, during the race the next day, Three-time world champ Ayrton Senna suffered a fatal accident. These accidents led to significant safety improvements in F1. Some of the safety improvements have been changes to the track itself. So in 1995, chicanes, which are extra turns in the track to help slow down drivers before a dangerous or very high-speed section of the circuit, and it also helps to promote overtakes, were added to the track. And related to those two specific chicanes, they were actually changed because of the accident in 1994. So the first that was changed was at adding the chicane at the Tamborello curve. And that is the curve that many accidents have occurred over the years. But most infamously, that is where Senna was killed. And the other chicane that was added was at the Villeneuve corner. And that was where Ratzenberger was killed. So those two specific curves were direct results of that 1994 accident. A morbid fact about that also is that since these changes happening to not only this track, but other tracks, nobody else has died at an on-track accident until Jules Bianchi. In 2007, the circuit was renamed after Enzo and Dino Ferrari. F1 took a break from the track, but ultimately came back in 2020 because of the pandemic's influence on the F1 world where they could not enter some countries because of quarantine restrictions and other things. And it, it takes a lot of people to get in to set up a track and stuff. And then it is now called the Emilia Romano Grand Prix with its return to the schedule. Yeah, after being removed from the calendar after the 2006 season, a few changes were made to the track. Most notably in 2007, the old pit garages and the paddock were demolished and completely rebuilt. And the pit lane itself was extended. Once the construction was complete in 2008, the FIA gave the track a 1T rating, which means that official Formula One tests can happen there. However, this did not mean that the track was permitted to hold official Formula One Grand Prix again. Circuits are required to have a one homologation to host a Grand Prix, and a homologation is the type of approval process through which a vehicle, racetrack, or a standardized part is required to go through for certification to be used or raced in a given league or series. MLS rating was upgraded to a one rating from the FIA as of August of 2011. Talks of Imola returning to the F1 calendar were actually confirmed in June of 2015 if Monza, whose contract was up after the 2016 season, was unable to make a new deal to continue hosting a round of the 
World Championship. Emma did actually end up signing a deal to host the Italian Grand Prix from 2017. But in September of 2016, it was announced that Monza had reached an agreement and would continue hosting the race. The officials at Imola did take legal action against this decision, but they ended up withdrawing their case in November of 2016. And then, like Dre was saying, in February of 2020, a bid to replace the 2020 Chinese Grand Prix was submitted by the owners at Imola pending its cancellation as a precaution of the pandemic. And it was confirmed in July 2020 that the circuit would be added to the 2020 F1 season. It was kept on the 2021 and 2022 calendars due to the continued postponement of the Chinese Grand Prix, and it is due to remain on the calendar until 2025. Another kind of fun fact about the return of Imola to the calendar in 2020 is that was when what is known as the Imola Cat first appeared. Imola Cat has become a staple of the paddock in Imola, and he keeps a close eye on the paddock and even visits different teams and garages on his patrols. And he's also become something like a good luck charm if he visits you before the race. He visited, I think, Sebastian Vettel before a race, and Sebastian was like, I don't really like cats. And he had a horrible race. But then when the Imola Cat Formulino went to visit Lewis Hamilton, he got lots of attention and love. And turns out Lewis had a great race afterwards. So who knows what the luck of Formulino will bring. Very special cat. He is the unofficial owner of the circuit, as his own Instagram says, Formulino the King. And he even has a VIP paddock pass. This little gray tabby is a very important staff member for the Imola GP. And hopefully right now he is safe and dry during all of the horrible flooding that is happening right now in the Emilia-Romagna region. So the Imola track itself is considered a high downforce track because it has very short straights and it has more focus on turns. This means that the cornering speed is a lot more important. And when you're going around a corner, you typically want more downforce or the force pushing down on the car to help you take those corners quickly and have more control during them. This also means that tire degradation is a more of a factor at Imola because if you're pushing harder on the track, this will cause more wear on the tires because they will heat up and they will just get more wear on them. So the circuit length itself is 4.909 kilometers, which for us Americans is about three miles and it currently has 19 corners. The race distance is 309.049 kilometers and it has 63 laps. And then I also have some Emola fun facts. So since it was added back to the calendar in 2020, the only two teams that have won at this track are Mercedes and Red Bull. No one else has won here since it came back. And it's also the only other circuit other than the Nürburgring that has hosted a Grand Prix under three different names. In the very first season back in 1980, it was actually hosted the Italian Grand Prix, which then, talked about earlier, became the San Marino Grand Prix to help with the confusion between the two. And then... Currently, it is the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. Two constructors' championships were decided at Imola. So Williams in 1980 and Mercedes in 2020. Also, F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali was actually born in Imola, which I didn't know. That was kind of a fun fact to learn. And also, Michael Schumacher has won it seven times. So definitely, he was very good at this track. Right, and to round out our fun facts for Imola, the past race winners include... In 2022, Max Verstappen in P1, Checo Perez in P2, Lando Norris in P3. 2021 brought us Max Verstappen in P1 again, Lewis Hamilton in P2, and Lando Norris in P3. And then my personal favorite podium 
was 2020 with Lewis Hamilton in P1, Valtteri Bottas in P2, and Daniel Ricciardo in P3. The fastest lap on track is still being held by Max. So for this year, the Grand Prix was actually canceled due to very severe flooding in the region as Casey started mentioning when she mentioned Formolino. And basically what happened was over last weekend, a high level weather warning was placed on the region for Monday and Tuesday. But because that was only placed there for Monday, Tuesday, there was still some hope that the GP would go on. But at the same time, because it was like the highest level weather warning there is in Italy, there were already rumors swirling of the GP potentially being canceled, especially because the flooding was already ongoing since early May. So on Tuesday morning, teams were instructed to evacuate the area for safety reasons, even though the F1 paddock wasn't affected by the flooding at that time, but because the Grand Prix was also supposed to hold F2 and F3 races that weekend, those areas were affected, hence why the evacuation proceedings were already being done. And it was also communicated that there would be a meeting Wednesday morning to discuss everything. And at that point, really, a cancellation felt inevitable especially if you saw the pictures of like all the flooding like all the roads were closed the river was just in free fall at this point if you will if a river can be in free fall and so because of all of this the local authorities actually urged the FIA and the and F1 to cancel the race. Hence why not that many people were surprised when the Paddock Girls woke up to the news today that the Grand Prix was actually going to be cancelled. Early hours today, there was not yet any statement whether it was completely cancelled or whether it was just postponed because the wording they used was postponed. But a few hours later, it was actually confirmed that the Grand Prix would not return this year. Even though there could have been a few like good spots where the Grand Prix could have returned, say, after Spain or Canada in June or even after Spa in August, we have no hope now. But at the same time, because the race is canceled this year and their contract only runs until 2025, they're actually now already in negotiation to extend it until 2026 so they can, quote unquote, make up the race they lost this year. Yeah, since there isn't a race this weekend, I thought we could look at the current driving standings. Just for reference, Max and Checo are only 14 points apart. And third is Fernando with 75 points. And there is 30 points separating him from Checo. So they're not doing too terrible this year. I will give them that. And actually, also related to Fernando, he's actually gotten 15 points every weekend including Baku, where he only got fourth because the points he got in the sprint race combined with the fourth place points from the actual race on Sunday also combined to 15 points. So just some odd, you know, 15 points every single weekend. 
Yeah, this man has been prone for three, three, three back to back with those podiums, which I don't know if that's his lucky number, but the team standings is Red Bull is on top with the standings zero surprise. They have 224 points and Ashton Martin has 102 points. They have a 122 point difference. Kind of sad. Wish they were closer. Yeah, the battle for second place is actually a lot more heated. Especially now that Mercedes has kind of closed the gap to Aston Martin a bit with 96 points. So they're only six points behind. So really, any race that could change. And then Ferrari is in a solid P4 position where they're with 78 points, where they're only 18 points behind Mercedes, but they're also like 60 points ahead of the entire rest of the grid. So that's kind of the top chunk right there is Red Bull to Ferrari. But the midfield is still in a pretty close fight for best of the rest, which this year actually appears to be P5. So currently McLaren and Alpine are tied for this position with 14 points each. So I think we'll probably see some pretty good, you know, battles between these two as they try to get that best of the rest title. This is followed by Haas, who has eight points, Alfa Romeo, who has six points, Alfa Torre, who has two, and Williams, who has one. But all teams have at least one point, though. Everyone has scored at least once. Yeah, and I thought something fun we could do is maybe talk about what our dream predictions could be if Imola was happening. We don't ever typically talk about that, and so it's just an open conversation between all of us and talk about what we would love to see if it was happening. Okay, I know I said I would never make predictions again because it backfired last time. But I'm going to go with I still want Lando on that podium. I want to hear the Lando podium song that McLaren has pinned a second video on their TikTok. Okay, I am waiting for that moment to hear it again. Second, I would like Fernando. because I feel like he's been getting a lot of third. And then maybe put Max in, Max in third. I mean, there's no doubt he'd probably podium. I would just love to see a Ferrari one too. That would be... That would be amazing. You know who I wouldn't mind seeing the fastest lap from? Probably somebody who we didn't expect. Alex Albon. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) We don't typically see somebody in the back ever get up there. It's usually the top two, top three teams. And if it wasn't that, I would love to see a Charles. Charles Leclerc. Where you at, boy? Now, Drea's predictions reminded me of... Lando and his epic champagne sprays. Now, I am not normally a big Lando fan. I have to appreciate the dedication that that man has to his sellies. It is fantastic, and I would not be opposed to seeing that again. If I had to pick my podium, I think I would have to go with Lance, Altery, and Carlos. A, to get a Ferrari on the podium, but also just to spice things up a smidge. Maybe a crash or two, just funsies. (laughs) And maybe probably some questionable strategy calls from some teams, probably Haas, but it's just me. Haas or Ferrari with the questionable strategy calls for sure. But I, I second the Lando spraying champagne. He knows what he's doing. I'm always a little bit afraid that he's gonna break the bottle, but those are really great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, while I would love to see a Lando champagne shower or whatever you want to call it, 
I honestly, because it's Ferrari's home race, I want to, would have wanted to see a Ferrari one too. But you might now go on to think that I would say Charles in first. Nah, not this time. Carlos in first, because he has been the way more consistent driver than Charles was this season. Charles has just been pushing the car too much, in my opinion. I mean, look at the Miami in the wall crashes. I mean, come on. And then for P3, I'm going with the wild card Alex Albon because honestly, A, we love him on this podcast, and B, he deserves it. That Williams deserves a podium. They need to get back to their glory days. And why not start with a P3 at Imola? I think Alex definitely, he'll have his moment, but I don't know about this track. It doesn't seem to favor, you know, the high speeds that the Williams is known for. And, you know, we've seen Alex kind of zoom by earlier this season. But I think that since it's a, such a high downforce track, Aston really, you know, would have had a chance here. And I think it would have been great to have Fernando get his 33rd win. You know, it's been a long time coming. Ten years since his last win. That's, you know... A decade. And I think for P2, it's actually been interesting to see Max be P2. Because can you imagine, you know, Max and Alonso fighting it out on track for first place? Like, that just would have been, you know, a good race to see. And then I think, let, let's, let's have Lance P3 because, I mean, who doesn't like a double podium for a team? Sorry, Ferrari, you know, girls, but I don't know. That, that car, it's known for eating tires, so... I don't know, you know, if it could have caught up to, you know, Red Bull or <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, I mean, Casey, you got it right. I mean, while I love Ferrari, if you're being a bit more realistic, Aston is just a rocket ship right now. If you discount the Red Bulls, because those are in the league of their own. And honestly, after over a decade, and with the, actually the longest non-win streak ever in Formula One, Alonso truly deserves it. So maybe, should I change my prediction? I don't know, but who knows? So while our lovely Leanne has lost her voice and is not able to give her predictions, I am going to give it to y'all on behalf of her. So she love a Ferrari 1-2, either one. Charles or Carlos and P3 would go out to our lovely Lando boy. If anything, we would love to see Max have to start in the back of the grid and battle up to the front, but the end result would still be with our lovely Ferrari and Lando in third because who wouldn't want the Lando champagne spray? I mean, it's just lovely. And I know Casey mentioned an Aston double podium, which I would love to see because I bet you money that those boys would go all out with some insane celebration. It would just be chaos. And I really hope that we get to experience that at least once this season. I would like to say I also do love Ferrari. I just think 
the boys need to be their own strategist. Like Carlos already has it down. I need Charles to just be his own strategist, ignore the team. So that's why I didn't put them there. But also we got to give Lando a chance. It is fantasy predictions right now. <laughs> and his tractor's not going to do much in the real season. So, I mean, fantasy predictions. What if Lando got fastest lap? What if the McLaren tractor got fastest lap? I mean, Haas, Haas for a second in Miami had fastest lap. Nico had fastest lap. So why not McLaren? All right. Ito has inspired me. Here is my absolute chaos mode prediction. Dream podium for Imola if we went just screw it. Haas won two. The Williams. Thoughts and opinions, please. I guess how many other cars would have to DNF for that to happen is, is the question. It's definitely a chaotic prediction. That's for sure. I'd also be interested to see where Logan goes if that was to happen. I mean, in Miami, he was last place. Poor soul. This whole time at his home race. Bless his heart. I mean, honestly, if we look back at Australia, there was chaos there with a bunch of DNFs. So what if Imola once again saw a bunch of DNFs and Haas was on the podium? Who knows? It could happen. It happened in Australia. Well, Haas wasn't on the podium there, but you get my drift. As much as I love chaos, I don't think I want to see another repeat of Australia. That was just insane. Yeah, I'm not for the mental capacity that took over in my brain, trying to digest everything that was happening. I definitely went back and watched that race twice, just so I understood everything that was going on. But it would be interesting if Enlola was happening, how many red flags we'd get, how many stops, you know, what kind of exciting stuff would happen because what we didn't see at Miami was any of that. It was a very simple, clean race, if we say so ourselves. I would say there would be at least two or three red flags at Imola. Yeah, there's at least two restarts throughout that race at minimum. And we've talked about who we want to see, you know, on the podium, but... I mean, this year, it seems like the battle for 10th place is, is where the action really is. So who's gonna, who do you think is going to get that final point? I would have hoped for Yuki getting it again because, you know, he's doing his best in that car. You know, it's not the greatest, but he's trying. Gotten a couple points now. He just needs a couple more. I initially want to say Yuki too, but since this is a fantasy race, I want to put him as fifth. And then we're going to give... Who hasn't had that many points yet? We're going to give... Nick DeVries, 10th. Or Oscar. I mean, he's a rookie. This is his first year with McLaren. He's actually done pretty good compared with Lando. And it would be interesting to see if he ends ahead of Lando or if he ends behind. You never know. Since we're doing fantasy race, I would say Lando higher up. Again, either on podium, if not on podium, higher up in the points. Put Oscar a little bit higher in the points. And let's let Logan get his first point in F1. I feel like that would be really nice. I feel so bad for the kids sometimes. But at the same time, I feel bad for Nick too. I mean, he's a Formula E champion. And last year when he raced in the Williams replacing Alex, he actually scored points. So everyone thought he was going to come in hot, like start scoring points, everything. But now we have the rumors of the ultimatum by Helmut Marco. And 
Do we want to see that happen? Not really, because I definitely don't want a repeat of what happened with Red Bull in 2019, where they replaced Gasly mid-season. That was just rough, and I don't want that again. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a P10, I think I'd probably go with Nick. I've always been a Nick fan from his Formula E days, even his F2 days. Like, I've just always been a Nick girl. I mean, Helmet Marco is going to Helmet Marco, guys. He is infamous for having a very short fuse when it comes to drivers and performance. We've seen it time and time again. He is the whole reason that Max has his ex-wives. Made the TikTok for a reason. Back to whenever he demoted Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly came back and won right after he went back down to AlphaTauri. So maybe he just needed a little bit more time and Helmut Marco had a too short of a fuse and took it too quickly of a decision. But I will say that is only rumors yet as nothing has been confirmed. So we will see what the following races slash weeks and months to come are. And hoping for the best for Nick because he does seem like a great guy ultimately and as much as i know f1 is a competitive field and there is only 20 drivers let's not forget it is hard to get into that business you never like to see somebody get axed yeah there are still rumors and i mean it takes more than a few races for you to get used to being in f1 with those different cars and the different strategy calls and everything i feel like it's not fair to someone within a few races just because they're not performing exactly how you expected them to i feel like it's so competitive and it's such a different environment from like f2 f3 that they don't have as much prep time you know they're not prepping all day thursday because they have media day and i feel like the rookies deserve more time to get used to being on track and being in those cars Exactly. The rookies do really deserve more time. And the thing that I think a lot of Formula One fans forget, especially if they don't follow F2 or Formula E or IndyCar or any other kind of motorsport, all of the cars handle a little bit differently. And so Nick being a Formula E champion doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to immediately be fighting for an F1 championship his rookie season. Formula E car does not handle the same way that an F1 one car does and we also don't know if the alpha Tauri is designed more towards yuki's tastes or is it designed to be more towards nick's or is it somewhere in the middle might just not be set up the way that works best for him but we'll see how the rest of his season goes i'm really excited to see what happens also we got to start thinking about the mandatory rookie fp1 sessions are coming up where they have to put someone in the car that is, is a rookie, you know, brand new to the sport. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who probably we're going to see a lot of reserve drivers from some of these teams, but kind of see how they do on the track with the other drivers and see is this potential future F1 talent that is going to join the grid in the next couple of years. But it'll be interesting to see when that happens. Yeah. And we'd love to talk about all things predictions and what our dreams would be because it's always just amazing to have a fun conversational time. But we do love to end our podcast on a good note. And today's pre-outro will be Driver of the Week. Passing on to our lovely Rachel. Don't know if he really counts as a Driver of the Week, but he, of course, is an incredible part of the Imola team. Formulino the cat. He is our driver of the week. He is adorable. He is Formulino the king. And I hope everyone and the cat are staying safe. 
at Emila. And that's a wrap on our episode today. As always, keep up with us on our socials, the one and only Paddock Girls podcast on everything except Twitter. She's a little special and is Paddock Girls pod. Lastly, our hearts go out to the people affected by Emila and our thoughts and prayers will be with you during this time. Thanks for joining us in the paddock. See you at the next race. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. See you, Craig. Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.